Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, we're going to talk to three individuals about what it's like for actors who work away from their home cities, wherever that might be. You will hear from Philadelphia-based actress Rebecca Robbins, who has been on Broadway in A Tale of Two Cities and The Phantom of the Opera, as well as having spent two years on tour with that show. She can currently be seen playing Paulette in the Riverside Theater production of Legally Blonde the Musical in Vero Beach through May 5th, directed by Richard Stafford. The run is part of a regular joint production with Philadelphia's Walnut Street Theater, which means a week and a half after Robbins and the rest of the company close up shop down here in Florida, they will reopen for a two-month stint in the city of brotherly love. However, in their month and a half in Florida, the company of Legally Blonde will be staying in the Riverside's brand new hotel, which they have opened specifically to house during their six-month snowbird season. We will also talk to Alan Cornell, the theater's producing artistic director and CEO, about why Riverside felt the need to take such a dramatic and uncommon step for a theater and what it means for the future and the finances of the company. In the episode, I also speak with Aaron J. Albano, who is currently a part of the Philip National Touring Company of Hamilton. You know Aaron from Broadway shows like the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Mary Poppins, Allegiance, Cats, and of course, as one of the original Newsies. I talked to both Aaron and Rebecca about the logistical, professional, and personal challenges that come with uprooting your life to take a job on the road, whether that's in a regional production or on tour. I start by asking Rebecca what it takes to physically transport your life from Philadelphia to the Atlantic coast of Florida for a couple of months. Uh, well, it's a lot of logistics. Fortunately, we're able to ship a lot of things to the theater that we're going to. So it's it's thinking ahead to like your stage makeup. You know, what do you need in your dressing room? Your water bottles? What do you need for rehearsal? You know, and then it's just the day-to-day living stuff on top of all of that. Like, oh, I better pack two bathing suits, my flip-flops. You know, so it's <laughs> it's a lot of logistics and just trying to think ahead about you know, what am I going to need down the road? Opening night clothes, you know, things like that. But I was on the road for two years with Phantom. Right. So I sort of had, I had an idea of living out of a suitcase. So it was just implementing all of that stuff. Like literally I have a tour box. So I just opened the box and, you know, got out my packable knives, packable cutting board, things I can't live without. And then you just do it. So it's not just the stuff that you actually need for the theatrical part of the trip. You're actually packing cutlery <laughs> cutlery yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> i'm a nester so yeah because rebecca is a self-described nester she has been able to take advantage of one very beneficial equity contract rule that allows her to feel at home even when she's thousands of miles away Well, the biggest thing is, you know, they have to cover up to 300 pounds of shipping. So you can basically ship your whole life and just travel with a, you know, carry-on bag. That's really helpful. But as far as housing, you know, we have to have our own bedrooms. We have to have kitchen facilities. Uh, we have to have Internet access because that's such a big part of our careers. We have to have local transportation. 
it's a lot for a theater to coordinate all all the things, you know. And thank goodness we have a union who who really makes sure that you know actors meet all their needs are met so that they can do what they're there to do. While all of those equity rules that apply when an actor is performing at a regional theater away from home also apply to equity members on tour, they do create a bit of a different set of opportunities when you are on the road traveling from city to city, especially for a tour like Hamilton, which is a rare example of a show going on the road with the highest level full production contract. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely it was because the way sort of production tours work is that we get a per diem and that that that's what also differentiates it a little bit from other tours um because there, there are different there are tiered productions and then there are also CETA tours um what we how a full production tour works is that we get per diem on top of our salary which is meant to pay for our living expenses so it pays for our meals pays for our housing and we sort of have freedom how to how we spend that and then between company housing which is hotels um, we get those options from our company manager and then we can sort of compare those to uh comparable airbnbs in the neighborhood and airbnbs in the area and if it's more cost effective or because there are various things that would entice us towards airbnbs more so than hotels uh just because oftentimes in hotels you don't get a kitchen you don't it feels less less like a home and more like a hotel. And so if you are able to find an Airbnb that's comparably priced or even cheaper that has all those amenities, um, it's definitely worth pursuing. But unless you have a dog who really hates it and then, and then you're back at square one and sort of figuring out how to balance all of your things you have to balance in your life to keep them all happy, not just yourself. Because the Hamilton tours are making stops that are three to six weeks long, or in some cases are de facto four-month sit-downs, I ask Aaron what goes into his decision-making process when he's figuring out where he's going to stay for each stop on the tour. And that's a bit more tricky for him than normal because he is actually traveling with his dog, who apparently doesn't enjoy Airbnbs as much as he enjoys the much more sterile cleanly hotels there's no one thing that that sort of decides that for you it's kind of i mean i for for the most part i'll likely because i have me and my dog and i am in my 30s i will like i will likely not be living with people the way someone a few years younger than me would just because it's a lifestyle choice that i've that I've gotten used to, that I haven't had a roommate in New York for 10 years, and so or 10 plus years. So that's a luxury that I, at this current moment, I'm not willing to give up. Of course, could things change and could different cities be different? Um, and, and, all, and those factors could be the price of the places versus um, just being like lonely and wanting friends or, like there, like various reasons will will decide that for me, um, and so never say never. I could end up with in like a seven person house in one of the cities, and then everything that I just said is a big lie. But 
um, as of right now, like that's where I am unwilling to give up the freedom and the space and the individuality, I guess, or the independence. That's the word I'm thinking of that my dog and I are able to enjoy in a single place. When Hamilton was in Florida, the tour went from its three-week stop here in Orlando to a four-week run in Tampa. Fortunately for Aaron, he had friends that lived roughly halfway between the two cities and was able to stay with them for the entire seven weeks. That meant a bit of a longer commute for him, especially to the Dr. Phillips Center in Orlando. But while things are flexible for an actor in a position like Aaron's, there's a lot of logistical and institutional responsibility on regional theaters that are bringing in so many artists like Riverside does. So in a move that makes sense on just about every level for the company, but you don't see very often, Riverside opened its own hotel earlier this spring, which will house its out-of-town artists during the theater's season, roughly from October through May. Alan Cornell, who's the CEO of Riverside, explains why this large-scale move made sense for them and how they were able to make it happen. Almost 100% of the people who, who work here uh, on our productions are come from somewhere else other than locally. So we, you know, we have to find them proper housing, not just proper housing, but good housing, because we, we, we want people to have the right experience while they're, they're our guest artists. <clears throat> so this, this was a long time in coming, building this thing, and a lot of thought went into it, but the, the, you know, in the end, the thing was it gives, it gives us a centralized, very nice accommodations for all the guest artists we hire over the course of the seasons while they're here. And because it is, because we're seasonal here and our use of it is about six months of the year, the other six months of the year, it's available to the population at large and it will generate income for the theater. Uh, as, so we not only offset our housing expense, we'll be generating income off of it. And this is something that I think a lot of theaters that have to provide housing should be looking into. And how did you, was it a capital fundraising campaign? Was it something that you decided to offset budgets for a certain year to include parts of this? What was the, the financial and logistical aspects of trying to plan for a project this big in addition to everything that you were actually doing on stage? We had a gift left to us by one of our supporters who was very uh, close to the, to the guest artists who came here. And we, we allocated uh, about $2 million from that gift as seed money for our campaign. And literally within six months through our board, we had raised the, the, the initial $10, 11000000 million wow. that we needed to complete the project. So the, the, the case for it was clear that we needed this. And once, once we put it out there, um, I was really frankly amazed at how fast we raised the money. Riverside's cast of Legally Blonde is one of the first companies to stay at the new hotel. And while Rebecca and I laughed about how unusual it was for a regional theater to have its own hotel, especially while a lot of theaters just put up artists in what they call dorms or scramble to find homes of donors for them to stay in, she said that from her standpoint, not only did it make logistical and business sense, but the end result in Vero actually turned out to be great for actors. 
It's extremely <laughs> unusual. But it makes sense, you know, because they're bringing in most of their actors from out of town, you know, no matter what show it is. And so, you know, trying to coordinate housing for people and hotels and, you know, donors, condos that they're not using. And it just it just made sense for them to just build their own space. And it's a beautiful space. You know, they're they're basically little studio apartments. It's bigger than most New York apartments. And they have everything you need. And then you're all together. So, you know, you're able to coordinate. And if you need to rehearse something, you know, on your own downtime, everybody's right there, which is good and bad. <laughs> While the building of the hotel has certainly benefited Riverside when it comes to fulfilling their contractual housing obligations, Alan explains that there are even more benefits to having the property, as since the theater will be only using it for six months out of every year, they will be able to open it up to not only tourists, but to a number of other communities of people visiting Vero that need an extended place to stay. Well, we're, we're being conservative at the outset, but um, we know, A, that a uh, significant number of expense from our budget for housing has, already, has been cut by this. Hmm. And then the, the income that it will generate will go towards offsetting operating costs as, as well as long-term capital needs. We have a professional management company that operates the hotel for us. And they they actually work on booking the rooms. And it's interesting because the, the the building itself is situated right on the grounds of what we call here historic Dodger Town, where the Los Angeles Dodgers used to have spring training forever. And that that's a huge sports complex that is now being used by uh, all kinds of groups internationally. So I believe our hotel will oftentimes get used for those groups coming into Vero for various competitions or reasons in the sports complex. That's just one way that we're going to, I think, fill rooms when we're not using them. It's also available to for people through our hospital who need to be here because they're having, you know, uh, a long-term care being done through the cancer center. We have flight safety here where uh, pilot training goes on for international students. They will now have a place where they can have a residence for an extended period of time. It's really the first extended residence hotel in Vero Beach. While they are in different positions with their current gigs, both Aaron and Rebecca are working actors. And part of the job of a working actor is to always be looking for another job. Between Riverside and Walnut Street, Legally Blonde will be a 17-week contract for Rebecca, while Aaron is almost five months through a year-long contract with Hamilton. The stability and length of his time on the tour has allowed Aaron to appreciate the journey that he, and his dog, are currently on, which he was not able to do more than a decade ago when he helped launch the national tour of Wicked, because he was so young in his career he always felt like he was missing out of what was going on in New York. I am on a year contract right now in Hamilton. Yeah. So even if there were things that I could do in New York, I can't because I'm I'm on contract with Hamilton. But also, and and while some people would think that that was that those were like the golden handcuffs, it also it allows me a freedom of I don't need to keep my ear to the ground because I can't do it anyway. So why waste my time wondering about what I'm missing 
and instead just like live my life and enjoy what's in front of me. That's a perspective that I think has come with time and with age and with experience because New York will always be there. It's kind of one of those things. It's like one thing that I didn't understand before that I do now is that while the hustle and bustle of New York feels very frenetic, New York is, New York has been there long before I got there and it will be there long after I'm gone. Like it's a city that doesn't on the whole doesn't change. Like, like macro New York will always be there. And, but then despite like micro New York, like, okay, so there, I might miss the, the fourth yum, yum Bangkok to open. Like it's fine. I'll be there when the fifth one opens. Did did you miss the Taco Bell Cantina though? Like that's the real. I mean, that's the real right, important exactly. stuff. That, I mean, that's a game changer for sure. Albano was on tour for the first time in over a decade, and he told me that he is incredibly grateful for the fact that he has been able to do nine Broadway shows between being on the road with Wicked and now with Hamilton. And he understands how fortunate he is that being on the road away from New York and auditioning for an entire year likely won't have a dramatic impact on his professional career. However, more than just auditions are back in New York, which is something that he has had to come to grips with over his time on the road. It's something that I struggle with a lot because that is the one thing about being on tour. It feels like you put your life on pause. And the one thing that I'm sort of trying to adjust my worldview to believe is that as much as it feels like that, it's not like, it's not like I'm not living <laughs> because I'm not in New York. Life goes it's on. Not, yeah. Yeah, like, correct. The life that I built and the life that I've, that I've been used to for the past, how long have I lived in New York now? Like 14 years, 15, 15 years, maybe. It's very easy to feel like that's on hold. Like I put my life on pause and I'm just out here until I get back. When in fact, that's not true. It's completely not true because despite being out on the road, my life is still going on. Like time is still ticking away. I'm still having experiences. I'm still living life. It's just on the road. And it's easy. Again, easier said than done. It's still a struggle that I'm kind of toiling with, but the amount that I have to remember that because at the end of the day, it's true. It's like, I'm not like, I just had a birthday. It's not like my birthdays went on pause while I'm on the road. <laughs> like I'm still getting older. I'm still having experiences. Like I'm still learning. I'm still making friends. I'm still like all of these things that we equate with life still exist, whether we're at home or not. And that's something that I'm still in process of learning. Due to his year contract, Aaron has not yet had to think, or at least not actively, about what he is going to do next. But for Rebecca, who is already looking towards the Walnut Street run of Legally Blonde ending in mid-July, even though she's still in the very early stages of the production here in Florida, she and her castmates have already begun working on finding their next jobs. So I asked her what that process meant for her while she's away from home.
Well, it's always keeping in touch. It's always checking what auditions are happening, um, you know, being prepared to do self-tapes. So that means bringing your tripod, bringing, you know, a good audition top so that if something comes up while you're out of town, you can put something on tape and send it, you know, to the casting director or whoever needs to see it. You know, so while we're doing this job, we're also thinking 10 jobs ahead. For instance, I, I just helped someone else do a self-tape, you know, for Philadelphia Theater Company. Um, you know, there was one of us who read lines. There was one of us who held the camera, you know, and giving feedback. And it's great because it's a company of actors. And so we're all here to help each other. And, you know, I just got an audition that I need to put on tape. So I'm going to have to find people to be like, hey, can you work on these sides with me and hold the camera and, you know, make sure my hair looks okay. And, you know, so I... We're all in it together, which is really, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's a it's just such a great company. You don't always get that. You know, when you go into a company, you just don't know what you're going to get. But this one, we're so lucky, and which is good because this is a 17-week contract. You know, it's just, it's a lovely, lovely group of people. As I was wrapping up with Aaron, I, I asked him if there was anything that he thought that theater fans should understand about going out on tour. I suspected he would say something about how wonderful it is to see the country or what a special opportunity it is to form deep bonds with your company, or even how hard it is to get a good night's sleep when as soon as you get used to a new bed, it's time to travel again. But what he had to say was something far more insightful and enlightening that he hoped that listeners would understand about the performers that bring Broadway shows to their hometowns. One thing that could every, that everyone could have better perspective of is, and it's and, and and to be honest, I have my own like personal mission in life to <laughs> combat these norms that have existed in our field for forever. Um, is that when you come and see to see a national tour, it's more often than not the person the people you are seeing on tour, the, their outlook on being on tour and their outlook on their job is just as fulfilling as someone who's working on the same show in New York. I think oftentimes our business, the view of our business and the perspective culturally of our business is that Broadway has become this be-all, end-all, that everything that we do is working towards that. And that's not necessarily true. So when you see a national tour, it's not because we're trying to get to Broadway. We All of us have lots of different reasons why we're on tour. And sometimes, and oftentimes, those reasons have nothing to do with trying to climb up that perceived hierarchy that everybody has in their business. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Often. Yeah. I think like, like, because it's not you like, and when you go, go and see a show, you might think you're complimenting us and think, and again, because we know, the spirit in which you're saying these things is in a complimentary way. 
when you're comparing a national tour to the Broadway cast, yeah, I would say just be careful in the way you appreciate the production you're seeing and make sure that you don't unintentionally compare because that can be taken differently than the way you give it. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a norm in our business where that, that can get really ugly in that a lot of people, and while I love the show Smash, I hated that it promoted this, is that everybody in the chorus are trying to get into, to get to principal in some way. And in some way being in the ensemble makes you less than the people who are playing principals. And that's not true. And that's, we are all one. And what I always try to fight against is that we are all one company. All of everybody contributes to this thing we call a Broadway show and everybody has the same importance. And so everybody has the same value. And that's where it gets dangerous for people who subscribe to this hierarchy. Um, and in the same way, people on tour are on tour. They might want to get to Broadway. They might not. They might have been on Broadway already. They might be in, they might be on tour for very different reasons that you can't even think of. They might be trying to pay their student loans. They might be doing all these other things. They might be wanting to see the world, all these other things. And to assume that we're on tour because we couldn't get to Broadway or as a vehicle to get to Broadway because Broadway makes us better than where we are now is uninformed assumption. So as you see shows that come to town and perhaps you swing by the stage door, keep in mind that the performers that you are seeing are by no means lesser talents than who you'd see on Broadway. And just because they are playing Orlando or Chicago or Albuquerque or Dallas or Seattle, that doesn't mean that they aren't exactly where they want to be. Now, if you listen to Today on Broadway or follow me on social media, at Matt on Twitter and Instagram, BTDubs, you might know that I first met Aaron when we both guested on the Popcorn Project podcast when we each discussed multiple Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So if you were worried that perhaps the Hamilton tour schedule would prevent him from seeing Endgame this coming week, Aaron told me that Nick Walker, his tour's Aaron Burr, had arranged a private screening at a Dallas Alamo draft house after the show on Thursday night for the entire company and crew of Hamilton. So you know that the Philip tour is doing the end of the MCU phase three absolutely right. And while you all know how much I love the MCU, another thing that I love is Legally Blonde the musical. So to close, I asked Rebecca what I could expect from the Riverside production when I saw it on Easter Sunday. Well, I mean, obviously the spectacular dancing that they never stop moving, but there's so much heart in this production. There's a, there's a story here and there's a through line and, you know, and this character development and, you know, the woman who's playing Elle Woods, I've known her since she was seven years old (laughs) and to see her, to see her play this role and to see how she's just blossomed into this incredible actress 
you know, because it takes a strong actress to pull off a, a role like Elle Woods. You know, it's it's one thing totally. to sing and dance, but you've got to be able to deliver those book scenes and and make the audience cheer for you and want you to, you know, want the guy to get you in the end, not you get the guy. <laughs> it, it's just, and that's the thing, this show, there's so many character arcs and it, it, it is one of the best written shows and people just don't realize that because they just think mm-hmm. it's a piece of fluff and it's really not it's really not and it's, you know i think it was one of the first really successful pop musicals so it sort of set a precedent yeah you know because this show now is like 10 years old i think and it's still so fresh and it's so relevant and it's just it's so much more i remember seeing it on broadway and and i sort of was like oh god you know because i had family visiting around town and it was what was on tkts so i just thought okay we'll go see this and expecting to hate it. And by the end, I mean, I was in tears. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so, it's a great story. And it's great to be telling that story. And, you know, yes, there's a lot of flash, but it's, a, you know, it's a lot of great acting happening, which is lovely. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, and you play uh, Paulette, uh, who is, I, I don't think it's a, its fair to call her necessarily the comic relief, although she is a hilarious character. But she, like all the other characters, has a lot going on emotionally uh, as as well, which plays really well with the humor and the, the crazy belting uh, as well. So can you tell us a, a little bit about your interpretation of, of who this kind of iconic beloved character uh, is? I, that's the hard part, because when you say you're playing Paulette, everyone <laughs> says, oh, my God, I love that character. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's my favorite role in the whole show. And you're like, oh, God, I don't want to disappoint anybody. <laughs> um, the thing about Paulette, it's very easy to make her into a caricature because of the humor, because of just the physicality of the role and, you know, who she is. She's wearing leopard print with stripes or whatever. Uh, but when you really dig past all of that, you know, she's a broken, vulnerable woman who's really had a, a crap time of it her whole life. And, you know, this, this beautiful young woman comes in kind of in the same boat and they both end up helping each other in ways that they never expected. And to go on that journey is just, it's really fun. And, and, and to dig past the humor and find you know, those real moments where you can connect, you know, with different characters, you know, and, and to be able to fall in love. And it, it's a huge arc for Paulette, which I'm so thrilled to to really find. And, you know, dealing with a bulldog is pretty fun, too. <laughs> Tickets are on sale now to see Rebecca and Legally Blonde at Vero Beach, Florida's Riverside Theater through May 5th, and then again at the Walnut Street Theater in Philadelphia from May 14th through July 14th. And of course, Hamilton is on multiple tours from now through basically the end of time, and there's a sit-down production in or coming to every major city around the globe. Just wait, you'll have a chance. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have all of the information you need about Legally Blonde at the Riverside and Walnut Street Theaters, as well as the Hamilton National Tour in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. 
You can also find social media and contact information for Rebecca and Aaron there as well. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks to Rebecca, Aaron, and Alan, as well as Oscar Sales, and the man without whom none of Broadway radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not be false to any man. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more.